Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Greetings, howdy, and hello, everybody. I'm Tony. And I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer. Looking to share big adventures and help you. With great tips. Tricks. And discounts. And taxes. And taxes. Yeah. Yeah. This week, we have two cool guests, and they are Heather Ryan, the tax queen, and Alan Warren from the Big Chief Campground in Texas. We are preparing for the longest road trip we've had. That's right. We plan to drive about eh, 5,000 miles or so across the country and back. And in preparation and, and in inspiration, I was wondering about the longest drivable road, which I think that the Traveling Tortugas talked to us about. Yeah. And that is what I've discovered is the Pan American Highway, which is 19,000 miles. So that's almost four times as far as we're going. Yeah, that's, although we're going pretty far. We're going up Route 66 and all of that. And of course, we're taking you all with us. Yes, indeed. So you better have your bags packed and your, you know, chili ready and all of that for the trip. (laughs) But the Pan American Highway is really interesting. It uh, originally was proposed as a railroad, and I'm a huge train fan. Right. And opened in 1937. And uh, do you know where it goes? It goes from the southern tip of South America all the way up to Alaska. Yep. So kind of a nice long drive with a whole lot of different climate. Can you imagine going from South America where it would be hot? You know, let's say you go in November and then you drive to Alaska where you're freezing your tukus (laughs) off. Your tukus. Well, it'll probably take some time. So you could just wait and schedule it when the weather's good. Yeah, you go on the Pan American (laughs) Highway. It took us a long time. Took us. Okay, thank you. All right, here we go. Remember that time we followed our GPS and ended up at the top of a cliff overlooking the campground? (laughs) Yeah, I had to back the trailer down a mountain road. Remember the time we went on that twisty, windy road and hit our awning on a tree? Yeah, I do. But now those kinds of things aren't going to happen anymore thanks to RV Trip Wizard. Right, RV Trip Wizard lets you plan your journeys before you go. And then use their app on your phone or tablet to safely navigate that journey. You can set parameters such as how far you want to travel in a day, how many miles you can go between fuel stops, and even read reviews of the campgrounds and places you want to go to. It all takes into account the size of your RV and more. Then you can rest assured that your phone isn't going to lead you into trouble. If you have an RV, you need RV Trip Wizard. Check it out on your discounts and deals page on stresslesscamping.com where you can also listen to our interview with RV Trip Wizard and learn about the whole RV life suite. Now Now that's that's Stressless stressless camping. Camping. We have the pleasure of having Heather Ryan with us today, the tax queen. Heather has written several books, including Taxes for RV Owners, Six Steps to Starting a Business, and The Five Biggest Financial Mistakes RV Owners Make, all of which you can find and many other resources on her website, tax-queen.com. Welcome. Welcome, Heather. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Heather is a full-time RVer. 
and an enrolled agent. And I think the first thing we should probably establish if you don't, for people who don't know, is what is an enrolled agent? An enrolled agent is someone that is licensed by the IRS to practice taxes. So we can practice and represent taxpayers, I say, in any state in the United States. Oh. Which is quite a challenge because the states are so different. And I believe I heard you had filed taxes in like 28 states. It is a challenge. Wow. When I get a new state, I, I mean, I have access, obviously, and resources to look up those rules to see if there's any strange regulations or sometimes there's extra credits that are available. It keeps me on my toes. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, it's fun to always be learning to me. Yeah. So some people might think, oh, I need to file my taxes and that's why we're here. But you really should be thinking about taxes and the consequences of this all year long. Right. It's mm -hmm. not just... Not just in April. <laughs> not just April 14th where you go, oh my gosh. <laughs> and this year... May 15th. May 16th, I oh, guess, because right, I do right. the 17th. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of what I do is work with my clients year-round. I like to say I don't want to hear from you once a year. I want to hear, <laughs> I want to get check-ins as your situation changes. Sometimes, you know, someone gets married or they have a kid or you're working on a business or heck, I mean, we just went through a pand or maybe are going through a pandemic and a lot of businesses were impacted by that, whether it was negative or positive. Uh, I just want to keep you on track. So, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people have found a door opening or maybe a foot to the rear end and being kicked <laughs> through a door, but they've gone from going full-time to somewhere and doing whatever they do to being able to work mm -hmm. at home or then going, well, heck, I could home, buy an RV. Home could be anywhere. Yeah. And so are there different yes. tax consequences if you do choose to go full-time on the road, because I believe that's who you're you specialize in serving. I specialize in either full-time or part-time RVers. Also, I help people that are renting an RV, so they might be stationary and they just buy an RV or two or, or more and rent them. And there are differences as far as what you can take in deductions or what isn't allowed, I should say, as deductions if you're full-time versus if you're part-time and you know, have, a, have a house that you go back to. So there, there are a lot of differences. And those can be quite the surprise when you file your taxes. Yeah. <laughs> they can be, yes. And I mean, the biggest one I get for a full-timer is why can't I take my traveling as a deduction? Mm -hmm. And mostly it's, it's your lifestyle choice. <laughs> Unless your business actually requires travel, then that's kind of a different thing, right? Not if you're full-time. Not as if it's your full-time residence. Oh. It's a very gray area <laughs> because you're still living in that RV or trailer. Interesting. So if you are a full-time RVer, and even though you work out of the RV, the travel isn't necessarily a deduction then. See, that's. I'm sure there are a few areas where people make these assumptions. Are, are there some other assumptions that you've seen where it's like, ah, ah, ah? Again, that's not a black or white. I work with individuals. I don't want to just say, no, you can't do that. Uh, I like to hear their situation and what's going on. But typically, yeah, it's a huge no-no. I'm um, trying to think of what else. I mean, the only other thing is like the home office deduction, which a lot of people want to take. And I'm like, you live in what, 300 square feet, 200 square feet? Like, <laughs> I've always been self-unemployed. And years and self years, yeah, self-unemployed. <laughs> That's what my parents could never figure Ooh. out. What 
what do you do? What do you do? <laughs> Why don't you go to work? But that was something that my accountant told me years and years ago. He says, just don't write off your home office space because it's a red flag. So are there other red flags where the IRS is going to, you know, it's like they look and go, uh-oh. <laughs> Well, that's mileage. So that's why I'm really cautious with travel expenses. Mileage, home office. I mean, anything that's just huge and out of the ordinary. I mean, some... I'm trying to think, it depends on your business. You know, some businesses might have like a huge software expense or, uh, you know, like they have to buy expensive equipment. Like that's totally normal within that industry. So just kind of keep it within the industry, I guess. That's keep the expenses normal. (laughs) (laughs) I know we don't live a normal lifestyle, but sometimes you got to be normal. (laughs) So 10 new MacBooks, not a good idea. Not unless you have 10 employees. Oh, okay. Exactly. There you go. But they're all so cool. And now the iMac comes in like, what, eight colors? Yeah. Got to buy one for each day (laughs) of the week. One of each? Yeah. (laughs) Well, and examples of somebody who's traveling might be like a blogger or travel blogger. Uh And they have to have a video camera and they need to have a microphone. And, you know, some of that stuff can get expensive. So that's perfectly fine. And again, it's within your ordinary expenses for that business. And what are some of the things that people might not think of that maybe they should with being able to write off stuff? That's a harder question. (laughs) (laughs) Again, it's individualized. I help some people do health insurance or they leave off contributing to retirement funds and I help them with that. Retirement funds. (laughs) (laughs) What are those? (laughs) (laughs) They're a good tax deduction, I'll tell you. So I was curious, if someone is getting ready to become full-timers, they have to claim a domicile state, is that right? And it's not necessarily the state that you've lived in your entire life. There are some advantages to choosing other states, and I imagine there are disadvantages. So I was curious about how people go about choosing that state. Well, I mean, the biggest I'm sure people are familiar with is Texas, South Dakota, and Florida, and they're all high domicile choice or options because of the no income tax. They all have different pros and cons. South Dakota is really great for those who don't need to buy health insurance on their own. And it's great for retirees who are on Medicare. Texas has the stipulation of come back every year to get an inspection. And you have to have possibly a CDL license to drive a big rig. Okay. So they all have kind of their own benefits um, and obviously cons. Someone might want to choose or stay in their home at like the state that they've lived in most recently. It doesn't necessarily have to be the state they grew up in just because they have a friend or a family member there that will help them with their mail. Right. There are so many different things and like every family and every couple or individual has to make that choice on their own because of it. It's a little out of my wheelhouse, but I do it just because I'm also a full-time RVer and I've been through it. (laughs) So yeah, I like to, you know, insurance is another one, like auto insurance for your RV registration costs. I mean, they vary according to state. So just keep all that in mind. Right. And does that like outweigh, you know, losing that state income tax or is it easy? you're cheaper to just stay where you are and pay a few thousand dollars to the state income tax. Right. And also like, what's your end goal? Like, are you going to do this for six months, a year? Is there no end in sight? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Sometimes I say, you know, do it for six months or something and make sure that it's something you guys like. Right. So you don't spend all that time and energy and possibly money on switching your domicile residency and decide that you're not into the lifestyle and you want to go back. Right. Yeah, I think there's going to be a chunk of people who have traveled full time in the past year because they can who are going to say, yes, that's not for me. But I think there's going to be a bunch more who also say, gosh, why didn't I do this yeah. sooner? Uh-huh. And hopefully, you know, those are people we run into out on the road who are just loving this, like yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, and you know, it's funny. I talked to some other full-time RVers in the past six months, and there has been a huge change. And a lot of full-time RVers that have been doing this for years have come off the road. And a lot of new people are starting on the road. And so it's kind of this transitional period i you know the pandemic sort of brought it upon us <laughs> wow so it's kind of an interesting change it's interesting some of these people who are brand name influencers who have been buying residences in the past few months i'm really surprised to see some of these full-time RVers who have now kind of hung up their wheels and moved into mm -hmm. a sticks and bricks and yeah. it's like wow huh <laughs> but you had a few things that you have enjoyed on the road inspiring events like the balloon festival i heard about that and i think that'd be worth sharing because it's uh, that's a definite want balloon fiesta in albuquerque if for anyone not familiar with it happens every year in october to me it was magical it felt like being a little kid again every day yeah. <laughs> that was one of my favorite weeks on the road to us it's just we get to be on the beach one week and in the mountains hiking the next people ask us all the time where's our favorite place and i was like we don't have one and that's why we travel right <laughs> yeah you could change you know your scenery right? based on your mood so don't like your neighbors based on mood or don't like your neighbors. The weather is crappy. Right. You want to say, you know, a lot of people say I want to follow the 70 degree trail. There's all kinds of things. Yeah. And I think for us, it's also let us see family more. We've actually been able to travel. We have family all over the country and been able to travel and see them versus them having to come to us. Right. So I guess back to taxes, <laughs> a lot of people are now looking at the gold mine that is renting their RVs. What are some of the tax consequences of that or trouble that people can get into that you were able to help them stay out of? <laughs> Tracking all your expenses, doing, you know, depending, are they 100% rental RVs? Do you split the use so that maybe you do spend a few weeks out of the year or with your family in it and then rent it out the other time? Just understanding all of that. It's it's kind of similar like if you had a vacation home that maybe you went to and spent two weeks on the beach every summer and then the rest of the time you rented it, you still have to split your expenses. But there are plenty of people that just buy RVs to rent, which right now is great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's funny what a gold mine that has become. It's just nuts. Mm -hmm. If you're thinking of starting a business, first of all, start with Heather's book, six steps to starting a business and you will also want to get the five biggest financial mistakes rv owners make and <laughs> might as well throw in taxes for rv owners too right. get all three <laughs> and you can pick those up on tax-queen.com obviously your business relies on the internet and that's something that you chase around when you're traveling you obviously need to be able to connect and i've heard you say that there are campgrounds where you had to leave because 
there was no service. We have campground owners who listen to this podcast. What would you like to tell them about mm-hmm. the internet? <laughs> I think our biggest thing is that they pay for commercial because they do have so many people in there that are going to be using it either for work or for streaming or whatever, doing research on their travels, whatever it happens to be. And a lot of them, I feel like they just, they don't get enough bandwidth for yeah. the amount of people that are going to use it. So that's probably my biggest thing for a park owner. We interview a lot of campground owners and a lot of them say, oh, no, I want people to just disconnect. Yeah. And I appreciate that. But for example, if I'm traveling, there's always that one little fire to put out. And it's like, (laughs) if I could just put out the fire and go back to enjoying the campground, that'd be great. Instead, we have to put on clothes and get in the truck and drive to Starbucks Uh (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) I do understand that whole camping is for disconnecting, for relaxing, for spending time with family, but that's not what we're all doing nowadays. That's not what we're all using RVs for. Yeah, there's so many people who are working Mm -hmm. or having their kids go to school online and It's a different, Mm -hmm. like you said, it's a shift in the whole world reality. Yeah. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. it's now a requirement like electricity and water. Yeah. In my opinion. I mean, the only other thing to suggest on that is then don't advertise that you have Wi-Fi. If you don't want to provide it, then don't advertise you have it. And then it'd be really crappy and not work. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Because it's become a joke with Peggy and I where campgrounds say we have wi-fi and you go well, you dial up <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why like if you want to keep your campground as we're in nature spend time with family disconnect then that's perfectly fine and actually we may spend some time there if we can disconnect right but don't advertise it <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 truth and advertising if you have great wi-fi mm-hmm. tell us and if you don't be honest that's a great tip too right that is our real tip is we always carry our own internet we rarely rely on a campground for internet and there's only been one campground that we've been to that had no cell signal that we had to leave ah okay uh, nor did they have wi-fi that Right. Yeah. I struggle because I can't be in a public place and work on my work because of my sensitive data. Right. I see. Yeah. So I will almost never go to a Starbucks or a library. I mean, I have occasionally used a library where you can get into like a private room or something, but I'm just really aware that I'm working on people's finances. I have social security numbers, addresses, all kinds of information. If someone should happen to look over my shoulder and catch something, I just yeah. don't want to be liable for that. So I'm really sensitive to that. That's um, a good I know point. not every Everyone has that with their work. But still, it is a consideration. And so we have Mm -hmm. talked about Wi-Fi on the road before, so we won't revisit that. But yeah, we won't delve into that. (laughs) Well, that's its own episode of road Wi-Fi. It is. But it's almost a topic in every single conversation these days. If you wanted to bring it back around to taxes, if you run your own business from the road and you have multiple cell phone plans, you can definitely deduct some of that for your business expense. Oh, that's a good tip. Because you require (laughs) Wi-Fi and that's a legitimate requirement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a great tip. So Heather, Mm -hmm. we really appreciate your spending time with us here today. And thank you for the great tips as well. I think my biggest takeaway from this was something you said right at the beginning is that you stay in touch with your clients all year long. So tax is not a day. (laughs) Taxes (laughs) all year long. So something to bear in mind. I know there's the quarterly taxes and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. stay on top of it, folks. Don't wait and make Heather do everything on April 14th. (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) Heather, thank you again so much. Thank you so much for your time this morning. And it's a real pleasure getting to meet you here. And getting some tips even us part-timers can use. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, of course, we'll we'll put links to your website. Thank you very much (laughs) and happy travels. Take care. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye. People ask us how to get internet on the road. Campground Wi-Fi is more promised than deliver. And you want to be safe and secure. And Cell Phone Unlimited only goes for so long before you're throttled. Yeah, it's not really unlimited. But the FMCA is here to the rescue again. This time with their Tech Connect package for FMCA members. Tech Connect delivers truly unlimited internet with their partnership with Sprint using a 3G, 4G unlimited plan. And it's another great FMCA deal. For just $49.99 a month that you use it, plus a one-time equipment rental fee of $39.99. Best of all, it's month to month. So use it when you're on the road, park it for just $13.99 a month when you're not. Upload your RV experiences, enjoy unlimited video chat, browse safely, and just enjoy the internet on the road without worrying about lousy campground Wi-Fi that's more stressful than stressless. This is another great reason to join FMCA, along with local chapters, get-togethers, a huge learning library, plus terrific deals on tires, in addition to other ways to save on tech, and so much more. And with our discount, you can join the FMCA and save $10 on your first year's membership. Just $79.99 when you go to our Discounts and Deals page on the Stressless Camping website. Get connected safely with us and the FMCA with FMCA's exclusive Tech Connect program and all the other reasons to be an FMCA member. Tech Connect is truly unlimited data, but data speeds might be slowed in very high traffic conditions. However, there is no data cap on your monthly usage. Wow. Wow. Well, we have the good fortune of having my friend Alan Warren return again to the Stressless Camping Podcast. And you may remember Alan has been here before. We just talked about RV-related things. But Alan is not only the host of the very popular radio show, The RV Show USA, and video. You can see him on Wednesday nights. But he also owns a campground. That's right. Alan is the big chief. Yes, he is. Of Big Chief RV Park in Central Texas Hill Country in the town of Burnett. Well, actually, it's Burnett, darn it. If you you want to say it right, Peggy. We mispronounce every Texas name. We still can't get new Braunfels right. (laughs) Yeah, it it took me a long time. You know, there's a saying, uh, it's Burnett, darn it, learn it. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so yes, I'm I'm the owner of a campground. And sometimes it feels like the campground owns me. <laughs> yeah, that's the resort business. Tell us a little bit about the campground. If you looked at a, a map of the state of Texas and you found Austin, we're about 60 miles to the west of Austin. So we're sort of in the center of the state of Texas. So we're an hour from Austin, a little less than two hours north of San Antonio, about three hours maybe from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Centrally located, we're right on a beautiful lake called Lake Buchanan, one of a series of lakes that's in this long chain of the Colorado River that eventually empties out into the Gulf of Mexico. But we're right on the shores down at the dam, right on the water. It's a great fishing lake, great for all water sports. In the wintertime, you know, we've got bald eagles that come down from up north and we get a chance to see them 
go down and catch fish, and that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And they don't even need a fishing license. <laughs> no, no, they don't. They're pretty good at just about everything they do. Yeah. Now, we've got uh, our campground, I would describe it as, as kind of a medium-sized campground. We've got 72 sites, 10 cabins. My wife and I bought it seven and a half years ago. We had sold a piece of property, and I've always been a camper and an RVer and love people and just love being outdoors in nature. And this, uh, I believe in divine intervention with so many things. And this was kind of brought to us at the right time. I'm the kind of guy that can look at anything and I can say, man, I can fix that. I can put one of them over there. My wife looks at things and says, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. (laughs) But when we pulled in at Big Chief, I saw possibilities. But the most important thing I saw was my wife said, I love this. Oh, yeah. Really? And so anyway, we bought it. And uh, it's a lot of work. As you guys know, it's a, it's a lot of work. But uh, it's very rewarding most of the time. Owning a resort is interesting because you get to deal with the people. But I've heard you talk about your wife saying that she has really adapted well to the campground lifestyle to the point where you tell her not to tell all her friends how great it is. <laughs> well, when we first bought the place, there was so much to do. You know, we had put cabins in and do all, all kinds of things. And so she was not up there during that entire process. But I found it was my therapy. It was my quiet place. I could go and I could read. I could write. I could think. As soon as all the work was done in terms of the big things, my wife would start coming up and it turns out to be her happy place too. And so I don't know who gets to stay there more, she or I, but <laughs> you know, when, when we need to escape and get a break from each other, one of us goes to the lake. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> and so what are some of the, uh, aside from, of course, the fishing, what types of things are in the area? What are things a guest probably shouldn't miss that they may not see in a tour guide that's a great question we're fortunate to be in a part of texas where there's a lot of stuff going on you like this there's a, a town called fredericksburg it's a german town oh yeah yep. you've been there no but, no, but it's on, on our list yeah <laughs> you got to go to fredericksburg it's about maybe not quite an hour away from big cheap but it's really really a lot of fun stores and shopping and german restaurants of course it's got a lot of different things in Fredericksburg. The town of Burnet is a pretty small little place, but it's got a couple of good eateries in it. On the lake that I'm on, that we're on, uh, I said we're down at the dam, which is the south end of the lake. At the north end of the lake is a boat, a big ship, kind of looks like something you'd see, you know, a Mark Twain novel on the Mississippi River called The Vanishing Texas River Cruise. And you can get on that. And uh, they go up the river to the waterfalls. There's beautiful waterfalls. And they go on these daily tours and things. A lot of wineries in the area, lots of wineries, some distilleries as well. There's a place called Longhorn Caverns, which is a, a state park. But wow. it's, a, it's a real cool thing to go and, and see, you know, the caverns. It's just a lot of stuff to do. But you got to get kind of off the beaten path to find the best stuff. And, of course, you guys are the tour guide, Not tour guides, but we always enjoyed telling our guests about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't see things in the guidebooks or whatever. Well, now on the websites. <laughs> and so it's fun to have them experience that and come back and tell you about it. What's something that you wish campers knew before they arrive there, like a tip that you have for folks. Oh boy. This is not just for, no, seriously. You know, I, by the way, I'm not trying to plug something, but what we just started doing, my wife and I, a couple of weeks ago, a deal called a be a better camper video series. And there's lots of videos, terrific videos, YouTubers that, you know, full-time RVers and show you how to do stuff, where to go. 
these videos are designed to look through the eyes of a campground owner and hopefully help other people go, ooh, I didn't know that. Ooh, help people to think and be aware of what's going on from the campground owner and the staff's perspective and the other campers as well. So we can all quote unquote, try to be a better camper. So that said, I think my biggest piece of advice is before you even book your trip, read the rules and understand that they do apply to you. Even (laughs) though you're a very special person, whoever you are, the rules apply to all of us. And we don't, you know, we don't rule it with an iron fist, but we do have rules and they're there for a reason. And sadly, people, yeah, yep, I got it, yep, yep, yep. And, they, and they're the ones that, that have generally, they break the rules, they're not very fun to be around for other campers, and they don't have as good a time as they could have. Yeah. If they look, slow down, read the rules, and go, I can live with that. We were staying with some friends who brought their dog, and there was another camper, and this guy had no concern for the dog rules and would walk his dog off leash and of course it came over and started to have troubles with our friend's dog which was on a leash and we called him on it i've never met someone yet that says man i got a terrible dog you know my kids are just awful (laughs) they don't do that but you know one of my pet peeves and i guarantee you everybody that is in a campground is finding big dirty dog poop that people don't pick it up they say that 40 percent an estimated 40 percent of people don't pick up after their dog and uh, i don't think it's that high in our campground but it's probably 25 percent. that's a lot yeah that's a lot of Poop is, is uh, you know, obviously it's stinky and messy, but it's unsanitary. It's unhealthy. It's right. not yeah. safe. And so, uh, but anyway, going back to Big Chief RV <laughs> you know, running a campground, I, if you like to know, I can tell you about how, what my world is like up there. Sure. I am everything. It's kind of like when you're a parent, you have to do anything. You got to do it all. When you're a campground owner or a resort owner, you got to learn to do everything. And so I do everything from cleaning up the bathrooms to saying howdy, to get off the rocks, to picking up the big dirty, to fixing the swimming pool. And it gives me a tremendous amount of satisfaction. I feel like I'm kind of a facilitator. When I was a boy, I used to, I think the reason I love camping, my dad, nicest he ever was in my life was when we were always camping and he'd see shooting stars. He'd tell me stories and God, I loved it so much. And I see camping as an opportunity for families to have that warm, fuzzy feeling. That was the only time I ever had it as a, as a child. So I want to be that facilitator for families to have that experience of connecting. And I think that today, you know, with the technology, we're all kind of, our heads are in a screen. And sometimes it's better to put that screen down and be with the people that we love and connect with them at a different level. And that's what, owning a campground does for me and my wife. Oh, that's a powerful statement. I couldn't ask for a better statement. That's great. It is great. I mean, it's a selfish thing. To me, it is. that's my high. I want people to feel happy. But at the same time, I don't want to be viewed as a doormat because I'm not a doormat. And <laughs> I've kicked people out before, but I don't want to. It's the last resort. I expect people that come to our campground like every campground owner have fun but abide by the rules respect other people be tolerant be patient be understanding and and you know just think of other people while you're having fun it's not all about you it's about us all of us yeah so alan when you're camping at big chief 
I'm sure that people stay and camp and cook over the campfire and stuff. But what if you want to spend a night out and go find the best food in the local area? Where are you going to recommend? Well, there's a couple of barbecue restaurants. Ah, that's what I was hoping. <laughs> there's a guy named Greg and Greg and Craig. And they have this little tiny drive-in that they, that was, it's probably 70-year-old drive-in, 50, at least 60 years old, that was shut down out of business for a long time. And all of a sudden, this little barbecue place shows up. Greg is the owner and it's called uh, red iron barbecue and it is so good oh. they make a thing called a texas twinkie and a texas twinkie is a great big jalapeno pepper that's cored out and you take cream cheese and you take barbecue brisket chop the brisket up and you mix it with the cream cheese stuff it inside the jalapeno oh. pepper wrap a big thick piece of bacon around it tony i can see you oh know, man <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're drooling <laughs> I'm going to ruin this microphone. I can see in the camera. You got to try to wipe your mouth, man. And then they stick the toothpicks to it and put it in a, a smoker and they let it smoke for an hour or two. And I'm telling you, it is just the, the greasiest heart attack. <laughs> but the most wonderful smoky barbecue uh, is over at uh, Red Iron Barbecue. We got a, a, some great Chinese food places around. Uh, we have a biker bar called Reverend Jim's. <laughs> I don't know who Reverend Jim is, but Reverend Jim's is right there on, on Highway 29, about five minutes from Big Chief, and you can't miss it. It's got the greatest hamburgers probably anywhere. I know I probably offended a lot of people by saying that, but the best hamburgers, real small menu, burgers, chicken wings, fried shrimp, that's about it, and cold beer, Good music, and I'm about the youngest kind of. I mean, you guys would be kids. <laughs> but there's always a, a string of Harleys out front, you know, when the weather's nice. And it's uh, anyway, Reverend Jim's is a must must visit when you come to Big Chief. That sounds My awesome. kind of place. Yeah. yeah, but the barbecue place, we're going to have to stay a few days. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's it's. Delicious. My wife doesn't even care for barbecue, but she loves red iron. Oh, oh man. And you have pretty good weather the whole year through, right? Well, not really. Not this We're last not year. <laughs> not this year. <laughs> In fact, this past Valentine's Day weekend is when the big, the glacial cold came to touch <laughs> But uh, we're not a place for, for many winter Texans. We've got some that don't want to go all the way down to deep, deep, deep South Texas that stop in Central Texas for many reasons. We've got, you know, medical facilities, you know, great hospitals and doctors in the area. The winters can get kind of cold, but they don't last very long. Okay. Summers, though, can get blazing hot, man. This is Texas. <laughs> so shoulder seasons, like spring and fall, sounds like... You just get used to it. You know, it's it's cool this week in Texas, and I've been complaining about the wintertime, and I say I, it won't be long, they'll be complaining about the summer heat. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, it's gotten really warm here, but then I looked at the forecast, and within the next week, we're going to have a couple rainy days again. So Really? And the thing is, you know, what you, you can't do anything about it, so you better prepare for it. You know, right. the, the, you guys, y'all are so great with what you do. You, you interview smart people like me. <laughs> <laughs> you help prepare people and you want them to have a stressless camping experience. Right. We want people to be stress-free, stress-less when camping. But to do that, you've got to do some homework up front. Right. Like you guys talked about plan and think and be prepared. Always have a plan B, C, D, and so forth, because plan A almost never works out. Yep. That will give you a better experience. 
So if spring and fall are the best times to visit, are you really booked up? Is it already too late to book for this year or how how filled up do you get? It's busier than it's ever been, Peggy. It's a, we're, we're very blessed. I think most campgrounds, as you're hearing, you know, with so many people buying RVs, yeah. people that want to have a nice campground, a nice camping experience must book early. We had somebody the other day that said, uh, I want to bring my pet. Now, we don't have an RV. We want to rent a cabin. And my wife was in the office. And as soon as we could get him in, this was like two weeks ago, the soonest we could get a reservation was September. Wow. Wow. And so look ahead, put 40 bucks down or whatever the deposit is. I say it's cheap insurance to to know that you're going to be able to have a good place when you go camping. Right. Absolutely. That's sort of a core message this year is plan ahead and have lots of options. So as people are planning and they go to your website, they can make their reservation online? Yes, they can do that at BigChiefRVResort.com. They can also call the office. We're not the biggest. We're not the best. We're the best we can be, and we try to be better every single day. Most people kind of like us a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can't hope for more than that. That's right. (laughs) We've been talking to Alan Warren from the RV Show USA and uh, also Big Chief Campground in Burnett, Texas. How's that? I said I learned it. it. (laughs) Learned it, learned it. Thank you for for rejoining us here. It's always a pleasure to uh, to speak with you, Alan. Yeah. Yeah, And I I want to just say this. I want to close by saying, folks, if you haven't caught the RV Show USA, the host of this podcast right here, Tony and Peggy Barthel, they're our correspondents. They do such a terrific job. Y'all really do. So I I congratulate you. Thank you. And thank you. This is a kind of a community effort. I appreciate y'all having me on the show, and uh, we will talk again soon. Absolutely. I look forward to that. Thank you. Thank you. Adios. All right. Here we are back again. Indeed. And this week, we're going to cook up a gadget. Oh, he's so clever today. <laughs> today, we're going to talk about our nesting stainless steel magma pans. We have had these magma pans almost since we bought the trailer, and one of the things that So when we had the bed and breakfast, we bought these ridiculously expensive stainless (laughs) steel pans. And so we wanted good pans. We want to have as much that lives in the trailer as possible so we're not shuttling stuff back and forth when we want to go. Right. And we still want quality because we do spend a lot of time in the trailer. And so, you know, when it was just a weekend every three or four months, some cruddy old pan would do. But... We wanted to have something that we would enjoy cooking in while we were on the road. Well, and also space-saving. So a lot of people, I think, go to the thrift store and buy used pans. And that makes sense if you have a lot of cabinet and drawer space. As you may know, our trailer is tiny and it does not have. It doesn't. (laughs) So we bought these magma pans and there's two things I really like about them. All of them have a provision for a handle, which comes with the pans. Two of them came with the set we bought. And the handles just push a button and they slide right off. But when they're on, they're on. It's not like they're jiggly or wiggly. Right. They go on well. When they're on, they're on. We have another pan that has a handle that you have to screw on. And when I tilt the pan to pour food out of it, the handle comes loose because the handle unscrews. So... These magma handles are handled very well. (laughs) (laughs) I was really impressed with the quality of these pans and how they perform on the stove. They're just really well made. 
they are very flexible. You get a whole set of different sizes, and we also got a strainer. and Right, and the, there's a lid that fits about three different sizes. Yeah. It's kind of a graduated lid. So it's a graduated lid. It went to cooking school. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, folks, the other thing I like is all the pans nest. And so they are like those Russian nesting dolls, except, you know, with their pans. <laughs> and they just really... Take up very little space, very high quality. And there's different versions. There's a nonstick. There's stainless steel. Right. They have ones that are compatible with induction cooktops if you have that. So anyway, give them, a, give them a check out. We'll put a link to the article we wrote about them. And we're huge fans of them. And gosh, we've had them for years now. And they've performed almost as well as our stupidly overpriced commercial That's true. stuff. Yep. So <laughs> there we go. All right. What was... Our question of the week. Well, I wanted to know if you spring clean your camper. And apparently not that many people do. (laughs) No. (laughs) Tiffany did say that she's waiting for the weather to get a little bit warmer. And then she will do it. But we actually have our annual habit of taking pretty much everything out of the camper. Like every dish, every spoon, every everything out of the camper wiping down the inside of the cabinets and assessing what's in there and what we accumulated over the past year that we didn't really need and pink how many glasses. how many pink flamingo wine glasses we really need on the yeah. road. <laughs> we kind of clean up. And especially now that we're going on a big, big trip, we don't need a whole bunch of extra stuff. So that is our goal for the next couple of weeks is to take everything out of the camper Clean it all up. Yeah, run it through it, the dishwasher if it, you know, dishwasher. obviously if it's compatible with that. Right. <laughs> and then decide what we actually are going to need on our trip. Yeah. And it's a great way to do that. It's a great way to reevaluate. And it's amazing the amount of weight that you take out of a camper. Yes. You know, if you ever think, oh, it's only a couple hundred pounds. I don't know. It's uh Yeah, every single <laughs> thing adds weight. Yeah, it, it's amazing how much weight and stuff you accumulate in a year we should do that with our house except no <laughs> no <laughs> we don't have a kitchen table big enough to pile yeah. stuff on we have the in, the, in the spring cleaning article we have a picture of all the stuff that came out of the camper and it literally like filled our kitchen yeah it, it was amazing <laughs> it was a pretty big and mess. we have a decent sized kitchen so it's and like a small whoa. camper so. yeah yeah <laughs> it's amazing how much stuff you can pile in there yeah there's got to be a word for that like stuff creep or something (laughs) (laughs) it is recorded i did not say that that was not me this time i know i know i know so Ah. this week i was curious i've been seeing a lot of people talking about their seasonal sites and how they just travel and put their trailer on a seasonal site and then they can travel back and forth to it when they want and i was curious how common and how many people do that and what is great about it. We want to hear your experiences or read your experiences as it were. So do you have a seasonal site? What's the part that you like best about it? What do you like least about it for that matter? Yeah. So that will be over on the Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group and you can weigh in and we keep it friendly and cordial. So that's a good place to be to get your questions answered. I answered a big old long question this week 
speaking of that, about tow vehicles. And we're going to talk about that again next week a little bit. It still seems to baffle folks. And so (laughs) we'll also put a link in these show notes to our towing episode. It's really good. We had a great guy who joined us and shared some good resources, which were recently updated. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Did you know we did a once a week newsletter? Did you know it's free? What? That's crazy. How do I get it? Did you know you can just sign up on our website, sign up for free, and we will send you a weekly newsletter. And that's all we will do. We will not share your information. We won't sell your information. We'll just send you a weekly email. That's pretty darn cool. Of course, you know, you can also find us in all the social places if you start at stresslesscamping.com. From there, you can jump off and find us on Pinterest and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and gosh, all of those places. (laughs) And also while you're there, don't forget to check out our discounts and deals page for the best deals on things you'll need for your stressless camping adventure. Oh yeah. And you know, if you have a great deal for our audience and I'm working with a couple of good ones that are coming Mm -hmm. up too, let us know, reach out and we'd like to work with you if your products are things we think our audience will like. Yep. By the way, if you have a question, that's also, you can start at stresslesscamping.com and reach out to us there. Yes, indeed. And if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, it's free! It's free to subscribe on any podcast app. We're saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. And did you know a review will help others find this podcast? And the more... Oh, oh. go ahead. And the more listeners means more great, terrific, wonderful, fantastic guests like we've had recently. Yeah, like Heather Ryan and Alan Warren and a lot of great guests. So So thank you. Yeah, so please, if you haven't had a chance, pop in there and write a review of us. We really, really appreciate that. Yeah, it helps spread the word. And we hope we're giving you a lot of value and really appreciate the kind words you've shared there. That's what we have for you this week. We hope to have you join us again next week. And until then, happy camping. We hope you learned a lot, had some fun, and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping.